Awoga, this is a dwarf cast. Hello and welcome to this Ganymede and Titan dwarf cast, a commentary on Red Dwarf Series 3, Episode 1, Backwards. I'm Sir Patrick and with me are Jonathan Caps, Hello. Ian Symes, Hello. And John Hall. Hello. Uh, as per usual, this is a, a episode commentary, so if you want to actually watch this alongside the episode, uh, we're going to play some pips, so queue up your DVD and press play on the longest pip. There ain't no place in the whole of cyberspace. Right then. Starfield. I like that dramatic music that we can definitely hear. Yes. <laughs> we can hear it. We have a little bit of volume. Actually, we do. This is a good idea. Yes, the Star Wars style music. Yeah, as it says on the, the same trick done with Back to Earth, but without the explanation yeah. in between. Uh, it's worth noting how much better the scroll text looks at the end of Dimension Jump two years later. Yeah, in the rendering. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, so this is backwards, obviously. I love this the way, the way it kicks off there, and it um, kicks off at a different time. I was just know, about to say yeah. they obviously decided in the edit they wanted. That noise. So they dub it in slightly different time each episode. This Lazy. is the first instance of the uh, series three onwards style it titles is. with the music and the cutting footage from episodes. Yeah, it must have been a shock if you were watching it in order from the start. <laughs> yeah. but, right. The question is Not course, which, which is better, of course, the series one and two opening? Uh, uh, series three onwards. Well, it's interesting that this is the first time you're, you're getting clips from episodes that you haven't seen yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's an early Easter, uh, version of an Easter egg. Very often quoted, we've seen. With good it's, reason. Oh, yeah. Um, also, look how dark the lighting is. This is incredibly rare in sitcom to yeah. have light, uh, audience sitcom, at least, yeah. have lighting this movie. Well, series three looks different from everyone else. I don't know what it is. The mm. Quality of the tape it was recorded on or something. I, that's one of the reasons. I've, I know it's superficial, but I've never quite got on with it for that reason. It yeah, always looks and feels a bit fuzzy. And, it um, and it's why I look. think series four has the same design and sets and aesthetic and everything, but it's shot so much better and looks and it feels you feel closer to it. And I think yeah. that's why I prefer. Series See, four. I prefer I prefer the look of three, but partly because it looks so odd. But mm. I think it's frankly because this is it wasn't this one of the last things recorded in these studios before they were decommissioned yeah because that's why they come back so it is this aging analog studio mm. that oddly i don't quite feel as much in series one on two even though i presume it's the same studio but series three it, you can really feel stretching it a little bit more perhaps i just 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 a comment to make as well about the the Flintstone scene, which obviously we've now passed, but <laughs> as as a piece of comic writing, I think the thing that makes that scene so good is there's basically one joke in that scene, which is they fancy a cartoon character, but that is really well structured in terms of you get the initial joke of that being the joke, and then there's a couple of punchlines in there because you've got the the Betty line, and you've got the fact that it builds and builds then to the she'll never leave Fred, and we know it punchline. It's just a little comic vignette that's really well constructed. Yeah, and could be go so, anywhere. Yeah. Could be go. It could be go, including to Red Dwarf USA, where it was yeah. one of the bits in the second pilot when it was just It makes absolute sketches. sense that you'd pick it up and use it. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I can't think of any examples offhand in series one and two, but it's the joke of the um, uh, where and the big Starbug one in the background <laughs> that's... 
thinking vis- in a way, visually in a way that maybe the series hasn't quite done yeah. very much. I do like the. I know they discussed this on the actual commentaries, but the fact that he's wearing a hat with an aerial on it for no good reason <laughs> other than that they can put a wire on it. <laughs> Captain Emerald. What what was the excuse given? It made him look like a prat, so he doesn't wear it anymore. Where where have I got that from? Is it? I think it's Robin Doug talking in an interview. Yeah. No, oh, it's not Robin Doug, is it? Isn't it Howard Burden? Anyway, sorry, look that up. Uh, let us know. <laughs> there used to be a website that would do that type of research, but. No one can be bothered anymore. <laughs> that is nicely played, just the walking yeah. in, sitting down <laughs> your own time. <laughs> of course, this is our first appearance of Starbug as well. Yeah. Let's not forget. Look at that. That is yeah. gorgeous. Just, I just can't comprehend what it would have felt like to see. <laughs> you know, if you, obviously, because by the end of Series 2, there was a lot of devoted fans already by that point, and to see it completely yeah. change. Yeah, a bit. Oh. Is is it the biggest single change in a sitcom? Could, in terms uh, of the just in terms of everything, without oddly changing probably, your main cast, it's got to yeah. be one of the biggest sudden changes. I think obviously other sitcoms would have changed a lot between their early point and later points, but you know this feels like it's years after the end of series two. You know, and and even down to 90s. like Craig Charles is not playing Lister. Or it doesn't feel to me like he's quite playing Lister in the same way. Mm. Um, and, re- and actually, this is um, maybe this is the wrong episode to talk about it. But I think Rimmer is is considerably nicer and more toned down mm. in the series, th- series, even just in series three compared mm. to f- two and four. Um, it is actually really difficult to compare to compare what they were like in one and two and then three because there's the barrier of just how much different it looks, and it's difficult to yeah. It's difficult to yeah compare the performances because everything else is so different. So you just view them in a different way. Right, first appearance of Fatty. Well, no, second appearance of Fatty. First appearance of Fatty. Hallies. But of course, none of these are the first recorded appearances of these, which I think is one of the things that really helps this episode is the fact that um, you know you've got Crichton in the well, not the opening scene because you've had the Flintstone scene, yeah. but. Crichton's bedded in more by this point. He's not shit um, anymore. <laughs> Which was the first recorded episode? It's Marooned. Yeah. Marooned, yeah. Are we? Because of the Sorry, Robert, no, Robert is fucking awful. No, Robert, I thought <laughs> yeah. Robert's first actual appearance on set was the was uh, first day on pre-record set. Pre-record for, 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 for Time Slides, yeah, but it was his first it? body swap, yeah. Which we have on the Body, ma- uh, yeah. body Snatcher but DVD. But the Which, studio was the if you don't have... If you are listening to this podcast and you don't own the Body Snatcher set, you're a fucking idiot. Buy it. Even at 40 quid, buy it. Thank you. <laughs> I don't uh, think there's anyone that will that. <laughs> Yeah, I think the Venn diagram of G&T readers and Body Snatcher <laughs> is, is just, it's a, just circle. a circle. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, we had a glitch on... Yeah, this uh, commentary's fucked now. Oh, dear. Uh, we can retake from the end of my. Can we though? We don't really know where we were up to. Oh, this is really. Scary. Oh, I think it's. No, no. I even thought he was sitting on the no. remote. And well, let's just carry on from here. It's fine now. Yeah, we'll probably be out of sync, which almost yeah. feels appropriate. Sucks to be you. Anyway, they're in a park in Manchester. Uh, are they? Yeah, it's Bulgarian. Trying to think what other outside broadcasts. Um, 
stuff they had in the series before this point. You've yeah, got the brief just the quarry. Than life. Yeah, you've got the brief bit with Lee Yates in mm. Thanks for the Memory. You've got all the better than life yeah. stuff and you've got the quarry in um Thanks for the Memory. But this is the first time really we've seen yeah. you know, look it's yeah. also the first time uh I mean actually it's weird. We were talking we uh, I don't know what order we're gonna put these out in, but prior to this we did the commentary for Back to Earth. And I was going on about, God, this is surreal because all of a sudden you've got Crichton and the other Red Dwarf characters in contemporary Earth. But all well, they're in yeah. contemporary <laughs> Earth here. And that hadn't even really occurred to Look, me. This shot, um, the, the famous yeah. the shot, <laughs> almost wasted because you know what? Unless you're looking properly, you don't really see everyone's yeah, walking backwards. It would be better shot from the side. And perhaps. there's Rob Grant. Rob Grant looking like a different person. Looking like half the money is today. <laughs> <laughs> I say so this scene has my favourite audience reaction in any episode of Red Dwarf, and it's the point where the audience here realise what they're just about to be witness to. Yeah. <laughs> so and it's, you I can mean, even hear them going, "Oh no!" I'm sure this has been talked about for stuff like for all the backwards stuff with the audience just shown it recorded and played out backwards. I suppose because yeah, this is all um, they were. So location she, shooting anyway, yeah. isn't it? She's a really messy eater. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you drink your tea with her? Yeah. She's fucking funny though. <laughs> and of course, you know, this was uh, this was years before the beer adverts. Did it, <laughs> this is massively original as well. I don't know how much we're going to end up getting into how how they do it. How much is done wrongly and doesn't make sense oh. in this episode? Yeah, Limmer being a bit racist. And I think the question is of how much it matters as well, but. Also, if time's running backwards, why is all the writing backwards? Writing should still yeah. be the same way around. And also, all their, all the language and the tenses would be the same. There wouldn't be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think. I mean, obviously, it's a good hook and a good concept, and you can enjoy the jokes that come out of it. It's just if you're going to try and stop and think about it, what really ruins is it ruins it is if you try to watch the backwards forwards. <laughs> like yeah, that that extra. scene, the forks would just or whatever the others would yeah. jump. But it's a, <laughs> Fucking nonsense. Yeah, then... But it's things like they, uh, you know, I mean, we'll probably get to it later, but Lister pays the taxi driver at the start of the journey <laughs> and stuff like that. I, th I think, honestly, you just have to go with it. You can't. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's they a, get it's fired pretty... before they've started working there. It's an extreme example. They get of fired, then they argue about... No, they argue about being fired, then they get fired, then they do their act. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Ellis is a reference to Monty Python. Oh, really? Ah, yes. Episode title in series four, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, all logic is reversed as well. Uh, but only when it wants to be. It's yeah. Funny. <laughs> yeah it, it's well, that's what I was joke saying. By joke basis. Yeah. It's an extreme example of what Red Dwarf will just keep on doing, which is at the end of the day, the, the funnies are what matter. And uh, logic. Yeah, you can logic out yeah. the window. It's only when. It's it's not good jokes that it's surrounding yeah. that it's a problem. Yeah. In series seven, <laughs> ticket to ride. Because time slides See, makes no fucking ride, sense either. Time slides doesn't work if you analyse it. Yeah. Uh, and no, you know, so it's, it contradicts its own logic within the same episode, uh, in the same way ticket to ride does. But yeah. I don't like it with ticket to ride. And I don't care with time slide. Look at that shot. It's beautiful. That's incredible. Um. 
it's worth pointing out also how much better Crichton's makeup is compared to the season two yes. appearance. Yeah. <laughs> a massive and step forward. <coughs> it's really well a done. Character in a one episode guest. I think that's the first appearance of a joke that would be used in similar forms by the cat throughout the series, <laughs> but it's always good. And the cat is the biggest change in character, probably between two and three. Yeah, yeah. It can, but it doesn't talk to anyone in series one and two. He's just yeah. happy. if he happens to be in the same room, then he'll just be mostly talking to himself. Yeah, but actually having conversations and being more human. And I can. I well, mean, also, it, usually, cat, so often in the early series, cats all about just showing up and getting the punchline. Yeah. It's things like you should have bought him a tie, <laughs> and you know, one of those things that adds to the feeling that there's. Because I think it feels like there's been a long time in their universe between series two and three, and yeah. that's one. That's because when I was always looking back at what Red, you know, Red Dwarf after it aired, because that's when I became a fan, and it just in my mind I thought there must have been a huge gap between well, two and three. See, it's either that or the other thing people say is series one and two is its own universe. Then we switch to a parallel universe yeah. for three, yeah. four, and five. And possibly six, yeah. And then if you want to, you can do it for one to seven and eight. And and if you want to, you can do universe. That's worth. It's uh, it's multiverse one hundred and one. I really like this shot. I know it's yeah. really simple, but the fact they actually bothered to do the uh, well, of course, there's a very good reason why they do this. Yes, because they didn't have a full size. <laughs> I mean. You could have tried to put some on, but it would have been pretty rope. Yeah, it's funny how sometimes they can get CSO like spot on, but then in meltdown. I don't think that, I don't think they get CSO spot on. Well, in that the was early series generally. Oh no, sorry, no, it, this the, is, sorry CSO shot. where there's actually yeah. um, you know a ship or something yeah. in the background never works. You can see why they didn't just try to overlay them onto a landed Starbug. It, it looks uh, like on um, Marooned when it fucks up that it's. It, they've just forgotten to do something mm. with it. Oh God! <laughs> because it's kind of yeah, that weird black. Actually, wasn't the idea that they tried to do something and then they, <laughs> they just didn't yeah. work? Sorry. Although speaking of, actually, no, I'll say that for the maroon because it's a big thing. Sorry. Yeah, yeah actually, fair enough. I'm just it's a, it's a tough thing to just stop and focus on, but I'm just thinking about the fact that it's never really occurred to me that you never see a full-size Starbuggy in Red Dwarf. <laughs> because all the times when there would need to be one, they do clever ways of getting around it. There's this, where, they, where it's cloaked. There's Marooned, where you have a model shot of the ship, and then you cut to a close-up yeah. of Lister in the snow. And the shots are so well-matched that you don't really notice that it's just a background. You just, yeah. in your head, yeah. you just mentally make up the rest of it, and you just think, oh yeah, you can picture Lister in front of the whole of Starbug. And actually, you know, there's never a shot in Red Dwarf yeah. where they're standing in front Sirens, of the ship. Sirens has got a big leg. Well, yeah, you, exactly. You've got the, they always just, the way that they cut between a full model shot and a close-up is always so well done that your brain fills in the gaps. Oh, and it's uh, the same with backwards. I'd forgotten that you never see the ship when they're on Earth in a, backwards. Apart from in Crichton, where you've got that ludicrously terrible CSO shot of Cat in front of <laughs> well, the midget, yes. Well, this is what is I was talking about when they overlay. This one time. And I think that's why they it. never did it after then. Yeah. Well, um, apart from the start of this episode. When they were both oh stood God. in front of... Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I was just about to say, they did that Can you see that space there. vehicle? Sorry, <laughs> you scoundrels return yeah. my bike immediately. Oh, yeah, you rubbish bastards. bastards. That's, That's our tandem. tandem. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so they did do that. But the point is, so much of Red Dwarf is about clever ways to get around things and make you think that yeah. you've seen or, you know, that there's, yeah. that there's something wider going on. High production values. Yeah. 
And even if those production values are filled in with your mind. Kind of stuff. I love the line, put this thing in forward gear. (laughs) The the cat cat genuinely (laughs) thinks. Yeah, Yeah, but then Lister said, it is in forward gear. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe future bikes can go. Oh yeah, actually, no, he thinks... It's these cheap old area, I presume he's... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Does Does he genuinely think... That the bike well, has gone backwards there. This is or what's is an this? iguana lister rather than. Uh... I do like the idea as well that that guy thinks that they're Bulgarian. That's a good gag. <laughs> and also, he's having a forwards conversation, just speaking. Well, each yeah, word, but, but, yeah. Said, but I do like the ski. I, I, the number of times I've used thanks, ski, very ski, much ski, but ski. <laughs> <laughs> Racist. Plain as a Bulgarian pig. <laughs> I don't know this about. I think they, I wonder if it's one of those things where they think Bulgaria is a funny-sounding name. So yeah, it's to do with the country itself. So. Yeah. They're not moving in the right direction. They're still going backwards. Still <laughs> <laughs> so a good, uh, good backwards dog bark. Of course, I do like the planting of Lister being injured because it's like if the audience has figured out what's going on here, yeah. then you know you, they'll know what's coming. It's Tony Hawk. Tony Hawks with his real suit. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's obviously a real suit, but <laughs> <laughs> it's his suit that he wore yeah. to do yeah, warm up. I've the body snatcher collection. Are uh, you? We need an errata for this commentary. <laughs> we I did it realise <laughs> until seeing the subtitles that Rimmer's supposed to be saying hello backwards there. I just thought he because he goes, I know I thought he was going, and he's not, he's saying hello backwards, at least according to the subtitles. I still don't understand how the audience understand them either, but that's another one you have to ignore. Um, actually, isn't that? Explained in the deleted scenes, then didn't they have a lot of? I don't know translations, but also the audience reacts to something after they would have seen it because he says he's going to eat an egg forwards and then he eats yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. actually, you know, maybe well, um, maybe Starbug um, generates a field that allows people to. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, it is the sort of thing where with backwards, you know, if this was a Doctor Who episode, you could sit there and nitpick every piece of logic. Yeah. There's no point in knowingly ruining your enjoyment by choosing <laughs> to focus on the stuff that doesn't work. You might as well just enjoy the gags because the gags are good. And yeah. as we've said, you know, if the jokes are good, then it doesn't really matter. Because at least the hook is strong. The hook is strong, although you could argue that it's about as one joke an episode yeah <laughs> as Red Dwarf has done yeah. to this point but it's like they have one joke or one concept and squeeze as much out of it yeah, and then yeah, move yeah. on that's the and that in a series 8 is if mm. you're a todger with a moustache on it kind of way they get they're, they're very lean with it yeah no I don't think that outstays as welcome certainly I they do t- love the the trivia thing about the fact that Arthur Smith, because Arthur Smith can speak backwards, knew that Erskib is bitter backwards. <laughs> and you just can't understand how it works that Erskib is bitter, <laughs> but it is. And I'm sure plenty of people have tried recording themselves yeah. saying Erskib and then flipping it. <laughs> Fucking hell, it is. Oh, you well done, this Slow you fucking idiot. Cunt. It's probably on crap. <laughs> Thing is, though, right, 
The the nod null sign said nod null with the letters forwards. The exit sign in the background is flipped <laughs> completely. Well, which is it, guys? I was about to say, do, do we another message? Do do we think that that they left it a bit like that is slightly jarring, isn't it, for them oh, suddenly yes. to figure it out? <laughs> Wait a minute. These are fake hands. Yeah. <laughs> The thing is, as well, um, bearing in mind that, one, that they're from the future, and two, from the fact that everything's happening backwards, so they know everything that's about to happen, their best considered method for making money is to be a variety act, rather than going and betting loads of money on things, or, you know... <laughs> but how would betting work in this thing? Because <laughs> you... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but if you said, I have, you know, you would have had the intention to bet, you'd collect your winnings, uh, and, then, and then you'd spend your... You'd give your winnings back <laughs> to the bookmakers... <laughs> Can I say, I'm very pleased the subtitles were paying attention and it's spelled whole the first time with a W and spell it without <laughs> it the second time. A yeah. whole, Brian. Which you'd, you'd think you'd be able to take as red, but unfortunately with some Red Dwarf subtitles. Shut up, Patrick. <laughs> while, while they're going through the thing of thinking about the mechanics of it, it's, I think it is a point to point out that Obviously, backwards gets talked about as being really original, and it is something that hadn't been done very often. But I was really fascinated to discover long after I'd first seen backwards and not long ago that there was an Alan Moore strip in 2008 that basically did the same thing. And it's not just the fact that it did the same thing; it's that he took the same approach in a lot of ways. And more so, actually, if you look at backwards the novel um, and the whole thing with it's particularly the thing with yeah. Lister having his heart attack and waking up and stuff at the end of Better Than Life. Um, but the Alan Moore story is really worth a read just because... And I don't think it's something that they nicked, you know. I think it's just when they had the basic idea, the way that their minds work, they ended up approaching it in much so the same well. way. But it's a little kind of, I think it's four-page story that's really worth a read. So you should look it up. I'll is that your... I'll link your, in the comments. I was about to say, is that your kind of <laughs> comics ad? Yes. <laughs> no, but it's, it's worth... I've meant to post it on the site for ages. I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll post a link or something to, so you can have a look, but it's interesting. In the space of... Um, three years. Robin Doug wrote four series and two novels of Red Dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say um, all of them? Brilliant. No line jumps out at you more in terms of how um, Cat has changed with his um, the World War Two thing, and that's a good thing. Series one, yeah. Cat wouldn't have given a fuck yeah. <laughs> about that's, World that's War Two. Yeah, yeah, times yeah. past he's started to integrate himself more. Yeah, uh, there must be like about yeah, 18 exists, months or so between the two series. And like, they spend, well, I don't know, I can't remember the Favourite bit of the episode? It's that! <laughs> it's... Well, the whole, you know, obviously that's, everyone knew that ran word for word because of it being on the Smeg Ups tape. Yeah, yeah. Smeg Ups. Was it Smeg Ups? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's great. Filler, <laughs> filler for Smeg Ups, but kind of really good filler. Yeah. Well, it's an early DVD special feature, isn't it? It really is. And it's just shown that that's always the sort of thing that Red Dwarf has been bothered about doing. I was just going to say, the um, in terms of the way that the characters change, it's because they spent 18 months with just the three of them and Holly. And then all of a sudden, there's someone new, and they presumably spent some amount of time with him prior to when we pick it up in yeah, yeah. in series three. Cause you don't get the impression that Crichton's only just arrived because yeah, there's exactly. never any newcomer stuff. They just get straight into it. See, d- does anyone? I've never heard anyone actually. 
No, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say, um, I wish there'd been a Crichton reintroduction episode. Mm, no. Yeah. But did people say that at the time? Or is it just something that people have know. accepted? They've taken for granted that it's yeah. just not a thing. It's not, oh, we, the new series of Red Dwarf must fill in the gap between um, <laughs> yeah. eight and back to work because <laughs> we need to know all that. It's, uh, I, I've got to say, I mean, of all the things, because I mean, obviously it's been talked about on the site recently because we had John's interview, but of all the things where it would be interesting to see what the contemporary reaction was, the contemporary reaction to this episode from people who were fans of the show because of the way it was in series one mm. and two would be fascinating. Yeah. You know, because for a lot of people, I think a significant number of people first came to Red Dwarf around the time of series three and four. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of its general popularity in the country and, you know, sort of the age that people were and stuff, three and four was really where it kicked off. And then but the people went who back and looked on one and two yeah, afterwards. I, the people who were fans to start with, what must this have been like? And was there a... Given that fandom as such, I don't know how much it would have existed by then, but there would have been, yeah. I think, some people well, talking about it, even well, if it was just people down the pub talking about it to each I've other. There must have been division. I've definitely come across people who only like series one and two. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah. If you're there from the start, then... But there's I, been plenty. If you, like, there, there must be very few people who have been watching from 1988 and still like every bit of it because yeah. there's so many point cut off points where certain people drop off and there's between yeah. two and three, uh, five and six, six and seven, seven and eight, eight and back to work. To be still with the show after all that. <laughs> was was Andrew watching it from the start? That's oh, what I'm on to ask him. <laughs> yeah, because uh, he might be the one person who does the case. Uh, Captain Darling. Really? Yeah, yeah. Darling watched it. Um, just on this fight sequence, it's extremely well put together, but it is the maybe one bit in the episode where you can feel the technology straining at what it's trying to do. There's a few bits like with the table and it ends on freeze frame or when well, the curl coming up. so much a technology thing is that the shots weren't long enough. And that's, well, that's yeah, they did. Frame. They needed to. It might yeah, have been an error to. in the filming rather than production problem. Well, it's odd though because you'd think there would be a second say of the woman going like that before, yeah, before but then she it, gets, and it, goes and down. And it jars. There's a cut in the middle as well with the background slightly changes. You can just feel what they're trying to do just not quite with them. But very nearly. It's a really good stab. Where's the cat? He's inserting a piece of poo into the glass. <laughs> <laughs> this, I think this is really nicely done. Just that little shot of the two of them there because they're obviously on the ground there but they've put the camera in such a place and <laughs> yeah. had them looking kind of slightly downward that you do feel like they're at the top of some stairs and they're high up. That's, That's never just, occurred and, either that they're not. Well, <laughs> they're again, it's, I mean, it's partly because you've seen and the shot And pointing down there. Yeah, exactly. Pointing the way, the, the, way that the camera is angled there is, I mean, you know, I don't know if they've got some steps there or something for him I to walk up, but again, it just really cleverly creates the, the sense yes. of it. And it's also a beautiful bit of chemistry between Craig and uh, uh, Chris, Chris. Yeah. with <laughs> the turning. Yeah. It's just really, and They're really much weird. more comfortable with each other than they were mm. in... One and two. I think because we're probably going to hate each other. Anyway. Well, the characters and the actors. So something else that came up in the Back to Earth commentary was that, you know, at times in Red Dwarf, the closing gag isn't always the best gag. It mm. doesn't, they don't always end on a high. That's a good closing scene. It that's is, a it's good a really. Gag. That's, uh, I can't remember who said the song said it's a lovely image to end you with. <laughs> <laughs> and it is. To end you with. <laughs> <laughs> well done, everyone. Very good. Well done. Uh, thanks for listening and goodbye. Bye.
Oh, oh, the only appearance. <laughs> they should have kept that. I didn't even Why didn't you keep that? that? <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, Elad, for the broadcast versions. Hey, 8 out of 10 cats prefer Ganymede and Titan. www.ganymede.tv